This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, here's what's happening at Right From The Deep. First, thank you, all our patrons on Patreon. You help make this podcast possible. We really appreciate you. Indeed. Yes. And a big thank you to our March sponsor of the month, Tammy Partlow. She's a speaker at Women's Retreats and her debut novel, Blood Beneath the Pines, a suspense set in the Deep South, is now available. And she's hard at work on the next book in the series. And you can find out more about Tammy and her book at her website, T-A-M-M-Y-P-A-R-T-L-O-W.com. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Tammy. It's my turn for the wonder, and I had a wonder happen just this morning that was so cool. I woke up this morning, and when I wake up in the mornings, I sometimes go do Wordle online. It's a word puzzle online to kind of get my brain in gear. And so after I did my little wake-up routines, I started to sit up, and I looked down, and here was my youngest uh, corgi, the fluffy corgi, Bungie Boo, sitting there by the side of my bed watching me, just sitting there watching me. And I sat up and I looked down at him. And of course, right away, he starts wagging his tail and all excited because I'm seeing him. And I reached down and pulled him up upon the bed and he snuggled up against me. I can't tell you how good that felt to look down at him and see those sweet eyes looking up at me and know how excited he was that I was awake and mom was getting up and oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> and it put me in mind of God and how he sees us. We, we need to be seen. We need to be recognized. We need to be acknowledged. That's just who we are. Just as God looks for our praise and, and our wonder with him, we need praise and wonder from those who love us, even if it's from the animals. And God created us that way because he is that way. He sees us and he wants us to see him. And to have that illustrated in a little four-legged, fuzzy, big-eyed dog it was just very cool this morning. It gave me a sense of joy going into the day, and it made me realize the sense of joy going into the day can come not just from those we love and animals, but it can come from recognizing God always sees us. He's mm. always watching us. He's always excited when we come into fellowship with him, and that's a wonder. Indeed. And now, here's the show. Welcome, listeners to The Deep. We're glad that you have joined us. One of the biggest challenges we face in this modern world of busyness, technology, and relentless stimulation is maintaining focus on what truly matters to us. In the two previous episodes in this series on focus, which we'll link to in the show notes in case you missed it, um, we discussed some ways to focus your life and your career around your values and to prune your activities and commitments accordingly. Today, we're going to discuss focus on a smaller scale, a daily and even a moment-by-moment -moment scale, because when push comes to shove, we still need to be able to focus on our tasks today 
or they won't get done. And we want those tasks to be the right tasks to keep us on track with our career and life. That's right. And since we've talked so much about how creating focus is, in essence, making a decision about what we will and won't spend time on, you probably won't be surprised to learn that focus on a smaller scale also requires a decision. On a daily basis, we have to choose what to say yes to and what to say no to. But how do we do that? How do we prioritize the best activity for each day? Because remember, the goal isn't just to get stuff done. It's to get the right stuff done. First and most important, this is a question that needs to be bathed in prayer. Not only can you pray about this, but when we interviewed Shadia Hrichi in episodes 181 and 182, we talked about how to build a prayer team. A simple yet critical thing that you can be asking a prayer team to pray for is a sensitivity to God's leading as you order your tasks for each day as you consider what needs to happen each day. Right. And there's also some practical business wisdom we can use. James Clear, the author of the book Atomic Hammets, which we've discussed in the past, well, he wrote an interesting article, we'll link to it in the show notes, and it helps address the question of prioritizing tasks. His article is about the Lee Ivy method for achieving peak productivity. And it's not, again, just getting things done, but getting the right things done. So the steps as he lists them in his article are one, at the end of each workday, write down the six most important things you need to accomplish tomorrow. Do not write down more than six tasks. I don't know about you guys, but when I make to-do lists, I like to make a list and then a sub list and then color coordinate everything. <laughs> He's saying don't do that. He's saying write down the six most important. Or you could just as easily choose five or four or whatever number works best for you. Nothing magical about six items. You just don't want to have so many things on the list that it's stressful and unrealistic or so few things on the list that you finish everything and waste productive time because you don't know what to do next. Or if you have too few items, another danger is that the tasks expand to take up the time allotted. Yeah. So you end up taking far longer than necessary on any given task. And if you're a slow worker like me, <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> so also, though, realize that this method is about a daily goals. So if you're in the middle of writing or editing your whole manuscript for example, that obviously can't be done in six in one day, right? So the solution would be to break that big project down into daily goals. And a daily goal might be um, write a thousand words, or maybe a time goal works better for you. So the task would be something like write for one hour, and that would be one of those six tasks. So step two in the Lee Ivy method is to prioritize those six items or whatever number that works for you in order of their true importance. And guess what the first thing you need to do is? That's pray. Pray over the list and ask God to help you discern the order of importance. Another idea that can help you determine the order of importance is a question we discussed in part two of our focus series. It's from a book by Gary Keller called The One Thing. Ask yourself, quote, what is the one thing I can do that by doing it, everything else will be easier or maybe even unnecessary, unquote. Or it might be easier to phrase it, what's the best thing I can do to make everything else easier or unnecessary? Right. 
And what comes out of this question might surprise you. For example, um, I asked myself this question the other day. I suffer from fibromyalgia, okay, and it's now affecting my ribs or it's some other thing that my doctors can't figure out. In any case, it hurts and it's not fixable. And my hubby and I, we have a golden retriever who sheds a lot, creating a need for vacuuming lest we be, you know, eating dog hair every time we walk around, right? So vacuuming needs to happen for life to be functional. However, vacuuming inflames my ribs, which affects my ability to write and edit. And that makes my work harder. So I can ask myself, what's the one thing I can do to make my work less painful and therefore easier? And the answer was find a vacuuming solution <laughs> such that vacuuming will be easier or unnecessary. And I think we can all agree the dog stays, okay? <laughs> Getting rid of the dog <laughs> is not the vacuuming solution. And having my hubby vacuum, that might be short term, but uh, you know, frankly, he doesn't always have the time and he's not great at it. So the next idea was to get Get a robot vacuum, like, you know, a Roomba or whatever. Now, here's what the, what the problem was. I was putting this task off, making it less important, which was making all of my work harder. And then finally, I'm like, hey, I need to prioritize that task. And I did. And, you know, I mean, it's a thing to commit to. You got to do the research and all this stuff. But here's the thing. It's a great example. You prioritize a task that makes your work going forward easier and more efficient. So step three of the Lee Ivy method is when you start work tomorrow, concentrate only on the first task. Don't go jumping ahead. Work until that first task is finished before moving on to the second task. Now, if your first task happens to be a three-hour project, we're not saying you can't take a bathroom break or right. <laughs> stand up and stretch or get a second cup of coffee or whatever. But those things are good and often necessary, those breaks. But what we are saying is if what you've identified is indeed the most important task of the day, stick with it. Because the temptation will be to skip to another project when this one gets difficult or tiring or boring. Instead, that's the time for a short break. As soon as we give in to the temptation to switch tasks, we're in danger of not finishing what we've decided was the most important thing on our agenda. Because you don't know what will come up during that day that could shorten your workday. Yeah, because like, for example, I struggle with chronic fatigue and sometimes that hits just out of nowhere or Karen, she's she's got diabetes. She might have a sugar low or you guys might have a kid emergency or a dog emergency. So finish that first and most important task of the day before moving on to the second task of the list. Now, step four is to approach the rest of your list in the same fashion. <laughs> so you run through all of your tasks in the same way. And then at the end of the day, you would move any unfinished items of those six or however many you had, any unfinished items to a new list of six tasks for the following day. And you repeat this process every working day. Now that sounds simple, right? Right. But few people actually do this, let alone adhere to it or do it consistently. 
But this method has proven highly effective for several reasons, which James Clear also discusses in his article. Right. And the first reason he talks about is that it's not complicated. You know, do what's most important first. Sometimes we overcomplicate our lives and our decisions and it's just like, oh, what about this? What about that? You know, pray about it and move on and trust that God is guiding you. And sure, life's going to happen. Your day might get messed up. You might have an emergency, but don't worry worry about those and don't beat yourself up. Just deal with those situations as best as you can and then get back to the simple tasks that you listed. And second, the Leave Ivy method forces you to make difficult decisions and commit to them. Remember what we've been saying over and over. Focus is about making decisions. Waffling wastes time. Time you could spend getting important tasks done. And third, you can start your day with no friction over having to decide what to do because you already know what you need to do. So there's no reason not to plunge in. Now, that said, getting started on anything requires that we overcome inertia, which is the, just the tendency to do nothing. And if we're naturally a slow starter or we're not a morning person or whatever, overcoming inertia can be more of a challenge. So that's why knowing what the plan is can help help push us forward into motion. And I also personally like that you don't have to be thinking or worrying the night before about what you need to get done the next day. It's already written down. There's already a plan and that frees your mind for relaxation. Fourth, the Lee Ivy method forbids multitasking. You get that? It forbids multitasking. You know, our modern culture idolizes the ability to multitask, but the truth is the busyness. Doing many things all at the same time is not the same as doing the right thing well. Furthermore, our brains aren't physically wired to multitask. I know that's a shock, but it's a truth. Here's a great quote from an article on Psychology Today's website. Quote, the research shows that people can attend to only one cognitive task at a time. You can only be thinking about one thing at a time. You can only be conducting one mental activity at a time, unquote. I want you to think about that and only that because you can only think about one thing at a time. <laughs> you know, we really can't multitask. That means we can't do a lot of different things at the same time and do them well. What we're really doing is switching between tasks rather than performing them simultaneously. Right. And sadly, we don't even do that well. We don't even switch back and forth well. There's been research on that also. And it has shown that we think we do this better than we actually do. We aren't capable of realizing just how inefficient we are. So if you're out there thinking, hey, that can't be true, I'm great at multitasking, you've actually just proven the point of that research. <laughs> the bottom line is our brains can't do it. God simply did not make us that way. So there's a mental cost to switching back and forth between tasks. Research shows that it creates a reduction of accuracy and speed so you may think you're doing great at multitasking or switching back and forth, but really you're going more slowly than if you'd focused on one thing at a time and you're making more mistakes. That's not good, guys. Right. And we didn't even mention the time loss involved in diving back and forth into each task after a switch, nor the brain energy this eats up. So again, bottom line, don't do it. So 
We listed several reasons why this Lee-Ivy method is often successful, but it does have at least one possible drawback. If the key to the method is to do the most important task first every day, what happens if, say, writing is your most important task, but your creative brain doesn't wake up until noon? What that means is that you're actually trying to do your most important task in the morning, which is a time that's least suitable for that task. And that doesn't set you up for quality focus. Now, some people over time can train their creativity to happen whenever they need it to, and that's great. But if that's not you, and it sure as heck isn't me, then the solution is to adjust the Lee Ivy system or whatever system you decide to use to suit who you are. Maybe you need to coordinate your most important tasks with your highest level of mental or creative energy. In fact, I would encourage you to do that. Yeah. The goal is still to figure out how to structure your day in a way that allows you to successfully accomplish your most important tasks each day, because accomplishing those tasks will mean your day's been focused on what matters most to you. Right. Another thing we want to say about the Lee-Ivy method or any other strategy that utilizes a task list is that if a task keeps showing up as maybe number five or number six on your list of important tasks for the day and you never get to it, it just keeps showing up then on the next day's tasks and it never seems to move higher than five or six on that list either that may be a sign that that task shouldn't be on the list at all. A complete or kill mentality might be helpful for you. If it truly needs to be completed, then you got to make yourself get it done. You know, maybe it keeps hanging around on the list because you're procrastinating it. It might be difficult. It might be tedious. We all have tasks like that. And for those tasks, we need a just do it mentality. And it can be helpful in those cases to plan a nice reward for us when we do get it done. Or maybe the problem with that pesky task is that it's overwhelming because it's too big. So help yourself out. Break it down into smaller tasks that you can then put on your list in order of importance. Maybe how to do that task needs to be researched first. So you can put that, put the research on your list. Or is it possible that this task simply doesn't need to get done at all? And you just haven't recognized it or haven't admitted it or haven't wanted to let it go, whatever. If you want to achieve focus in your day, you need to make those tough choices Delete the task if it doesn't really need to be on your list, or perhaps put it on a not now list so you can stop being distracted by it today. Now, another tactic that we can use to help us create focus on a daily and even moment by moment basis is something that Gary Keller talks about in his book, The One Thing. And again, we'll link to that in the show notes in case you want to read the whole book. So Gary Keller talks about a process he calls goal setting to the now. And I loved this idea because it's another way to connect your large scale goals with small scale focus. So to put this in practice, you ask yourself, what is the big goal I want to achieve? Now, Gary Keller phrases that question, what's the one thing I want to do someday? But I kind of like modifying it because when I hear what do I want to do someday, I think take a cruise to Alaska and see whales. <laughs> but that doesn't mean 
mean like my whole life or career is focused on that. But you guys should feel free to just phrase the question however you want, okay? But the, basically the big goal or this someday thing, it can be like an overall career goal, such as I want to be able to quit my day job and be a full-time writer. Or it can be a goal you want to achieve this year or whatever. If it's a lifetime goal, then start with this question next. What's the one thing I can do in the next five years to be on track to achieve my lifetime goal? Once you have that answer, then you can ask, what's the one thing I can do this year to be on track to achieve that five-year goal so that I'm on track to achieve my lifetime goal? Right. And that answer gives you a one-year goal. And then you ask, what's the one thing I can do this month to be on track to meet my one-year goal? And if it helps you keep connecting to your larger life goals, then keep filling in for yourself the rest of that. So you'd say, what's the one thing I can do this month to be on track to meet my one-year goal so that I can be on track to meet my five-year goal so that I can be on track to meet my lifetime goal? So I know this is going to surprise you, but the next question is, what's the one thing I can do this week to be on track to meet my goal for the month? So yada, 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 yada. Then once you know your weekly goal, ask, what's the one thing I can do today to be on track to meet my weekly goal, my monthly goal, and so on? Right. And now lastly, and I hope you guys have been hanging in there with us on this, when you know your daily goal, you would ask, what is the one thing I can do right now to be on track to meet my daily goal so that I can be on track to meet my weekly goal so I can be on track to meet my monthly goal so I can be on track to meet my yearly goal so I can be on track to meet my five-year goal so that I can be on track to meet my lifetime goal. I know that's a lot to go through, but for some of us, the power of connecting what we're doing right now in this moment to what we want as a goal in our lifetime is a powerful motivator, as well as a source of clarification for what matters to us. And this can help justify why we are making the choices we are. It can create focus on a daily scale as well as a moment-by-moment -moment scale. So, like I said, that's a, a lot to go through. And, and I have to be honest with you guys. This is a great system, and it's one that can work for some of you. It's one that could work for Erin. Yeah. She is so good at doing these kinds of things. It would never work for me. And that's nothing against this plan and doing all these things. But sitting down and asking myself these questions and breaking things down into these subcategories and, and categorizing them, I can't do it. I can't sit still long enough to do it. And so I just want to tell you, if if you're like Aaron, take hold of this, utilize it, and you will find so much focus. If you're like I am, just find what works for you. We're not saying that this is a tool that will work for everyone. And if right. you're sitting there listening to all of this and feeling discouraged or like your pond scum because you know you'll never do it, don't do that to yourself. Just find a way. For me, each day I pray and I ask God, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? That's how I prioritize. I take it to him, I ask him, and then I do what he impresses on me to do. And I trust that he has the future in his hands and knows the best way to guide me. Some of you are like I am, and that kind of system will work better for you. But if this system will work for you, have at it. Because <laughs> yes. there are so many differences in who we are 
and how we do what we do. But there's only one God who has called us to this task and one God who knows us inside and out. And that God knows exactly what we need in order to accomplish the task that he's given us in the time he wants us to accomplish it. So don't feel bad if this isn't for you. And if it is for you, you're in luck because we're going to do another installment to finish the whole conversation on focus and give you the final tips to help you to be able to do what you need to to accomplish your goals, to do the task God has given you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at rightfromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Mm-hmm.